Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Welcome, everyone, to Senior Care Live. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, president of Senior Care Consulting, and I just want to thank you for joining me here today. I really, really appreciate it. And as you know by now, I created Senior Care Live to be a safe place where you can get accurate and reliable information that can really and truly help you when you're caring for your elderly loved ones. I also have excellent service providers on this program, the very best in their industries, sharing their knowledge and expertise with you and I. And I'd like to thank each and every one of them for their significant contributions to this program. If you have any questions about the information discussed on Senior Care Live or how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. Also, check out our website online, Senior Care Live, L-I-V-E. SeniorCareLive.com. And if you do uh, visit online, be sure to connect socially, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Sign up for the free e-newsletter and don't forget to check out our upcoming free educational events. All right, and we're going to jump right in to, uh, I, this is going to be a fantastic show. I'm going to call this a special edition of Senior Care Live. We'd like to welcome my friend and attorney, Mr. Bill Hammond, president of KC Elder Law. And Bill, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Stephen. What an honor to be here today with you and your rapidly growing audience providing the information that, frankly, people all over our area really need to hear. So what a delight for me to be here. All right. Thanks. And I, I was uh, I was so glad we got our, our schedules together and this worked out. So uh, this is going to be great, great information. And for our listeners, if you'd like to reach out to, to Bill, and I think once you hear, once you hear what we're going to be talking about, you're going to be like, Oh, wow. I think I need to make a phone call and I think I need to see, uh, Bill or someone on his team. Let me just give you some contact information. You can reach Casey Elder Law online at kcelderlaw.com. Uh, they have offices in uh, Overland Park, Lee Summit, and up north in Kearney, Missouri. Uh, the phone number, there are different phone numbers. I'll give you the primary phone number, 913-338-5713. That's 913- Three three eight five seven one three, or simply go online kcelderlaw.com. dot com. And Bill, I love your new website. Well, thank you. That, that's nice. 
Appreciate it. <laughs> it's very nice. So, uh, tell me. Uh, I think it's. I think it's always important to understand why someone is in the business that they're in, and how did you? So, how did you choose elder law? I mean, what led up to uh, opening an office uh, that offered their practiced uh, elder law? Yeah. Well, you know, I would love to pretend, Steve, that I was smart enough to one day wake up and say, "Hey, we're all aging. We're all getting older. I think I'll practice elder law." Yeah. That's not what happened. <laughs> what happened was my mother-in-law lived in Overland Park. She had eight children. This back in 1994. Yep. She was retired. She wanted a change of scenery, so she moved out to L.A. to be with her son. She was out there for a couple of weeks, and everything was going great. And one day, she took some laundry into the dry cleaners for him, and on the way in, she tripped, and she fell, and she broke her hip. Hmm. And she was going to be in one of the big L.A. hospitals for about 10 days for a a hip replacement. And about halfway through the hospital stay, she woke up in the middle of the night. The lights were flashing. The building was shaking during the L.A. earthquake. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we can all relate to that, I think. Yeah. What just happened around (laughs) here, only that was a really big one. Yeah. And being from this area, she had never been through an earthquake, and it scared the heck out of her. She had a TIA. She had a mini stroke. Oh, my gosh. Now, she had a lot of weakness on her left side, but cognitively, mentally, she was great. But physically, she was going to need round-the-clock care, and Mm -hmm. the, the son she was living with was a bachelor. There was no other family out there. So my wife and I said, oh, come on back. We'll care for you until you're ready to go back to L.A. And, Steve, that fell in the category of famous last words. (laughs) So she moved in with my wife, Mary, and me, our five kids, ages 2 to 12, and the, you know, the pet rabbit and the dog and all those things that kids have. And I had an office at home, and we put a bed in there, uh, put a bell on the nightstand, and said, if you need help, just Ring the bell, we'll come help. And I got to tell you, that system really worked great for exactly one night. One night. Yeah, because the <laughs> second night, she decided, oh, that's too much of a bother for you kids. <laughs> so she got up to go to the bathroom on her own, mm-hmm. tripped and fell and broke her other hip. Oh, my gosh. And within the span of, I don't know, mm. five or six weeks, she had broken both hips and we knew she wasn't going back. And yeah. As we cared for her for about three and a half years till she passed away, I started to become real frustrated, Steve, because I couldn't find anybody that had the answers to the types of things that you and I are talking about today. And so I always tell my clients, that's how I was dragged kicking and screaming into the practice of elder law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it's, I think it's an excellent story. And like so many other, other businesses and services and ideas, it was kind of born out of necessity and that maybe discovering maybe there's a gap and you stepped up and you filled it and, and helping, helping people out in, in that way. So, uh, okay. And I have just so many questions for you today. Uh, so once in a while they'll, they'll just come out. And if I hear these questions, I'm hurt. You've probably heard them 10,000 times. Uh, but what is the difference between elder law and estate planning? Yeah, it's a great place to start. Because they're kind of, they're used interchangeably, but they're yeah, different. They are. They're very different. And, and I'll tell you, first of all, Estate planning attorneys do a fantastic job, and and their their primary goal is to help their clients ask and answer the question, what happens if I die? And frankly, that's a really important question. From an elder care or elder law perspective, we not only need to ask and answer what happens if I die, we also have to ask and answer, yeah, but what happens if I don't die but get sick along the way? Because 
frankly, Steve, in our area, as you well know, through the services that you provide, cost of care can be really expensive. Mm -hmm. And if we don't handle things appropriately from an elder care perspective, after a period of time, there may not be any estate left to pass on. So we've got to help our clients answer both of those questions. Okay. That's probably the most succinct answer I've ever heard. And it's, that was as clear as a bell. Thank you. That, that was, that's perfect. That's perfect. So, uh, and like I said, if I've heard that question, you know, a hundred times, you've probably heard it, <laughs> you know, obviously way more than that. So, okay. So here's another one that I hear and I just, I hear it a lot. I hear people interchanging the, the terms power of attorney and durable power of attorney. Is there a difference? Sure, there is. And let's once again be real succinct. We know how yeah. busy our listeners are. Yeah. So here's what you really need to understand. If someone is doing a power of attorney, in almost all instances, they will want to have a durable power of attorney. Okay. Here's the difference. A power of attorney, if I do that, and then if I become incapacitated, the power of attorney ends. But if I have a durable power of attorney, that means that the power of attorney will become or continue to remain effective even after my disability. Now, that's interesting. So incapacitated, does that mean maybe with Alzheimer's or dementia? Yeah, or, sure. Or, or any, you know, it could be a stroke or, or anything that allows me not to be able to carry out the, the things that I need to carry out. And so that's when you would give someone a power of attorney. And, of course, as you and I both know, there's two different kinds. The first is a power of attorney for finances. Mm-hmm. And that's a document that says, you know, as long as I can make my own decisions, you know, regarding Oh, I don't know, taxes, real estate, bank accounts, IRAs, those types of things. I'll make my own decisions. But if I can't, I'm probably going to name my spouse or my child or my friend or or some trusted person to make those decisions for me. That would be on financial matters. On the other hand, at the same time, I probably want to have in place what we call a health care power of attorney. Okay. And the healthcare power of attorney is the document that says, once again, as long as I can make my own decisions regarding doctors and hospitals and medications and care centers, I'll just make my own decisions. But if I can't, then again, I want to appoint my spouse, my family, you know, my, my oldest child, my trusted neighbor, someone to make healthcare decisions for me. And oftentimes, I probably might also want to consider doing a living will. Mm-hmm. And that's the document that says if I have an incurable injury, disease, or illness, that I don't, if I uh, am going to, you know, go into a, you know, a, a coma or something where I can't make my own decisions, that I don't want to be hooked up to life support or I do want to be hooked up to life support. It's your wishes being stated legally while you have the, competency to state those that's exactly correct and the combination of those are what we call advanced directives okay really important to have both in place absolutely absolutely and then one last question we're already through a segment it's ridiculous can you combine healthcare and financial power of attorneys or or do you recommend separating them to be very clear you absolutely can combine them although i will tell you lots of times 
people want to name different agents. They want to name ah. different people to act for them. And in those cases, you probably do not want to combine them. That, that makes could. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I want this person for health care, this person for finance. All right, Mr. Bill Hammond, president of KC Elder Law, 913-338-5713. We'll continue these thoughts right after the break. But first, the Senior Care Live question of the week In the states of Kansas and Missouri, how much of your assets does Medicaid allow you to keep? A, 5%, B, 10%, C, 15%, or D, none of the above? The answer right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by. 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, so you can call at any time of the day, 24 hours a day, 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, this program streams to any electronic device. It's super simple. Go to SeniorCareLive.com, click on the Listen Live button, and it will stream to your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever you have. It is really that simple. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. In the states of Kansas and Missouri, how much of your assets does Medicaid allow you to keep? A, 5%, B, 10%, C, 15%, or D, none of the above? And the answer is D, none of the above. And actually, the amount of assets that you can keep is a very, very complicated issue, and there is not a short answer to that question. Okay, so uh, Bill Hammond, uh, my special guest in studio today, he will address this question a little bit later in the program, so stay Tuned. And now, myth versus fact. All right, Bill, you're going to love this one. <laughs> we love setting the record straight on Senior Care Life. So here's the myth is that if I have a one-page power of attorney document that says I have the power to do anything and everything that I want to do, this is this is perfect. It's very powerful, very sufficient. This is all that I will ever need. However, you know, and I know that's a myth. And so why don't you tell us the facts on the one page, very vague, you can do anything you want, power of attorney. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right, Stephen. That certainly is a myth. You know, powers of attorney are a little bit paradoxical. By that I mean... In a power of attorney, it's important that we spell out every single thing that we want the agent to be able to carry out. If we just say the agent can do anything I could do on my own, 
that is almost no authority whatsoever. It's literally you think you're set, but you're you're not set at all. You might as no. well have a just throw it in the throw it in the trash can. Well, and, <laughs> and so Steve, when we when we do the type of planning that we're talking about, it's not uncommon for us to have powers of attorney alone that might be twenty pages or more. Wow. So from an elder care perspective, that's crucial. And one other myth that we need to address right now, and that is, because I hear this all the time, mm-hmm. Steve, my wife and I have been married for fill in the blank, five yeah. years, 10 years, <laughs> 20 years, 30 years, in my office, 40 years. Yeah. We don't need to have powers of attorney in place. That's not correct. Oh, my. The fact is, no matter how long you and your spouse have been married, it's crucial that you have powers of attorney in place spelling out what you each can do for the other. Excellent. And ladies and gentlemen, that is a fact. For more information about the facts, stay tuned to this program or contact Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800 or visit SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right. I I love that second one. You know, because you're married to someone. My grandparents were married for 70 years. And and you're thinking, oh, something happens to me. My wife knows what I want or or and she can speak for me or my husband can whatever it is. But it, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's no legal authority to do so without that document. Well, and not only that, Steve, but chances are they both have their same their names on the same bank account. And so one spouse oh. can probably deal with the bank account. So it doesn't become that big a deal. But now let's think about their house. Chances are both <laughs> names are on the house. And if one of them becomes incapacitated, has a stroke, develops Alzheimer's or something. Now imagine the other one trying to go and sell the house if they don't have powers of attorney in place. Where, where the other, where the incapacitated person uh, cannot uh, authorize the sale or maybe even sign a document. That's right. Now, now you're in trouble. Well, now we probably end up in front of a judge in court, and uh, oh. and and now we're all tied up in in guardianships and conservatorships and all those types of things. Oh so, uh, if nothing else, if folks take nothing else away from this, please understand that it's really crucial that we all have good uh, financial and healthcare powers of attorney in place. And when you're 18 years old. On the day of your birthday, you should have a power of attorney document drafted. Is that correct? That's correct, Steve. You know, I uh, I have five children, and on their 18th birthday, every one of them came into my law office, and we did financial and health care powers of attorney. The reason is because up until the age of 18, my wife and I could make decisions for them. Once they hit 18, we could no longer make decisions for them. They're adults. And so this is another instance where once we're over the age of 18, and most of the listeners listeners in our audience are. Most of them. <laughs> yeah, really important. We all have good powers of attorney in place. Absolutely. All right, so staying on the power of attorney theme, uh, does a power of attorney document stay in effect even after the person who granted that power of attorney passes away? So so I'm I'm the uh, the person who has power of attorney. This person passes away. Do I still have any power or authority? Well, uh, actually, the power of attorney terminates at the uh, at the person's death. Okay. So it will not be effective af- after that point. We could have put that one on a myth versus fact, too, because <laughs> I've talked to tons and tons of people, and they're like, well, you know, when dad passes away, I can sell the house and all this stuff because, you know, I, I have power of attorney. And I'm like, no, that, that expires when, you're, when your dad expires. Yeah. So yeah. 
uh, and then you go to uh, kind of the next uh, the next step. So, okay, so I hear lots and lots of online commercials, and I can't believe we're almost through another segment, Bill. Uh, but I hear lots and lots of online commercials for you know wills, trust, power of attorney documents, etc., for the low low price of twenty nine dollars and ninety five cents. So, is using an inexpensive online legal service a good idea or a bad idea? Well, I have to tell you that <laughs> that uh, it's probably not the best idea, Steve. Yeah, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we all understand that that uh, people are under budgetary constraints, sure. and who wants to spend a whole bunch of money on these types of things? I will tell you that the right set of legal documents doesn't cost; it can save the family a whole lot of money. And so, um, you know, the, the going online and and filling out form documents is probably not the not the first place to start where someone's facing some of the elder care issues that you and I are talking about. Absolutely. And I, I kind of put that one squarely into the category of you get what you pay for. Yep, absolutely. So, and, and I've seen all sorts of clients with, with you and your firm, Casey Elder Law, uh, that it, it makes them money. I mean, it really does. And, and it, it's just, well, we'll get into some of the details in a little bit. So, uh, here's another question. When, when do you need a will or do, does everyone need a will? Yeah, that's a really great question, and and the answer is, you know, it, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Let's first of all define our term. Yep, the will is the document that says when I pass away, this is where I want my assets to go. That would be important. Unfortunately, anything that goes through a will goes through probate. Ah, And so most of my clients want to avoid probate, so in that case, we probably are going to want to set up a trust or perhaps have the appropriate beneficiaries payable on death transfer on death so we keep those assets out of probate all right and in the next segment i want to ask you about trusts and again lots of confusion and just misunderstanding in general about a trust so uh, folks if this is hitting close to you you need to reach out to bill hammond uh, in the casey elder law uh, firm caseyelderlaw.com you could also reach bill online nine or excuse me on phone uh, by phone 913-338-5713 they have offices in overland park lee summit and up north in Carney. We'll have more right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, so call anytime, 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, if you miss an episode or you have someone... uh, you're thinking, gosh, I wish, you know, so-and-so would have heard this. No worries at all. After the fact, the following week, you can go to SeniorCareLive.com, click on the podcast tab, and listen to any of the previously aired episodes. Just click a button. It is really that simple. 
All right, back to my friend and special guest today, Mr. Bill Hammond, president of KC Elder Law. Check him out online. It's a great website, Bill. It's kcelderlaw.com, or you can call their primary number, 913-338-5713. That's 913-338-5713. They have offices in Overland Park, Lee Summit, and up north in Kearney. And so, uh, Bill, I know that you're, you go to all three of those offices. You have business, uh, 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 I guess meetings and presentations and, and meetings with clients and families just all over the entire city, just well, every, everywhere. That's right, Steve. And you know, with, with, uh, in an elder law practice, uh, it's important that, uh, you know, we're able to get out and, and make it easy on uh, folks to come see us. So yeah. we absolutely are all over the metro area. All right. All right, so uh, backing into uh, we were we were talking about wills and then uh, a trust and a trust avoids probate. So when should a person have a trust, and is are there special types of trust that you should have? Yeah, and and once again, Steve, there's no uh, you know one definitive answer on that. Yeah. I will tell you that uh, having done this for many many years, most of my clients do want to avoid probate, and so most of them don't want their assets going through a last will and testament. And so what they do is frequently they set up a trust. Now, one of the things that you want to do if you set up a trust is you want to keep in mind the things that you and I talked about in the very first segment. And for those folks who are just tuning in, what we talked about was the difference between an estate planning and an elder care or elder law attorney. The estate planning attorney will do a really good job of helping you decide where you want your assets to go when you pass away. The elder law attorney will not only answer that question, but also help answer the question, well, what if I don't die but become sick along the way? And so when we create trusts from an elder care perspective, we not only want to deal with what happens when I die, but see, we also want to deal with what happens if I don't die but become sick. And that's when very often uh, you at uh, Senior Care Consulting get that question, you know, now we need more care. Uh, what are we going to do? And we want to make sure that we have language in our trust documents that allows the family to to uh, do the planning and to uh, find the appropriate amount of care for their loved one, whether they're at home or in an assisted living or or nursing care. Okay, all right, excellent, excellent. So, Bill, I, I need to I need to do the calculation. I would say it's probably sixty or seventy percent of my clients have some level of cognitive impairment, whether that's Alzheimer's or one of the forms of dementia uh, that we hear about so commonly. And so, um, and I know that you, you know, you work with a lot of folks who have different varying levels as well. So can someone with Alzheimer's or dementia grant a power of attorney or authorize, sign a trust document? Well, yes, Steve, the, the, the answer is once again, that depends on, on how far progressed they are. They have, they have to have what we would call legal capacity. Okay, And the legal capacity would then be the ability to have intervals of lucidity, just a fancy term for, you know, do they understand what they're doing? Do they know the, who their loved ones are? Do they understand the object of their bounty? Do they basically have the ability to do planning? If they are so progressed that they have gotten past the point where they know those things, then unfortunately they probably can no longer do a power of attorney or a will or a trust. And so sometimes we have to call in the medical professionals to help us figure that out. To see if this person, you know, do they have capacity or not? Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's a, it's a great idea. Yep. 
uh, to have that that third party um, uh, recognition and, and determination. There. Well, and, so, it, and it also then uh, makes us all understand why it's important to get the appropriate legal documents in place while you still can. And very often, at the first hint of uh, you know uh, perhaps memory loss or, or or lessening of the cognitive abilities or whatnot. We want to be sitting down and, and doing the, the planning to get these documents in place so that we don't have to worry later on what if they become incapacitated. So if you don't have your documents in place and someone in your family, your parent, your grandparent, etc., they have Alzheimer's or dementia, even if it's undiagnosed and you know there's an issue, it's just not been formally declared yet, you need to call Bill Hammond and get your legal affairs in order. We're getting, we're getting ready to, to touch on, you know, a lot of information on Medicaid and how important it is to plan and asset protect, et cetera. Call Bill Hammond today at 913-338-5713. That's 913-338-5713 or online at kcelderlaw.com. And so, Bill, um, let's let's go ahead and shift gears and move into Medicaid. And you know, how important is it to have an attorney uh, when you're planning for Medicaid and filling out the Medicaid application? Uh, a lot of people think, oh, I just fill out this paper and you send it in, and Medicaid starts paying for your care. But we know it's not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, Stephen. <laughs> you know, first of all, uh, we all understand how expensive the cost of of good care is. That's a given. And so what happens is uh, when we have a loved one who needs more care as they go down their elder care journey, uh, if they get to the point where they have spent down, what that means is if their assets are low enough, then they can get to the point where they would be eligible for Medicaid. At its very basest level, uh, if someone was a single person in the state of Kansas or Missouri, the state would say spend those assets down to either $2,000 in Kansas or less than $1,000 in Missouri. You don't count the house or the car, the prepaid funeral plan, and a little bit of life insurance. Mm -hmm. For a married couple, they have to spend down, depending upon the amount of assets, basically half of their assets, not counting the house or the car or the prepaid funeral. And the at-home spouse can keep a maximum of just over $119,000. So... Uh, from there, how you qualify for <laughs> Medicaid can be a real challenge because, frankly, uh, it's becoming more and more difficult with all of the budgetary constraints and and uh, with the complexities of, of the law. And so frequently, it is very much to the advantage of your listeners to sit down and talk with someone who has uh, gone through this system. You know, there's an old saying, Steve, uh, when you're going through a minefield, you want to follow someone who's been there before? That's a good idea. <laughs> Trust me, the Medicaid system is a minefield. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is just incredible. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on to another question that, uh, that I have, uh, all the time. Uh, can you, um, well, well I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to save that for the next uh, segment. Uh, but let's talk about why is it important to protect? We talk about asset protection strategies and, and, and what does, what does that mean? And, and why is that important? Sure. Well, I th- actually think, Steve, that this is a big women's issue. The reason it's a women's issue is because very often 
if we just um, if we just blindly spend down and and don't uh, worry about doing any asset protection. Oftentimes, uh, we have women who are caregiving for their husbands, and lots of times those women were working at home as the as the uh, you know raising the kids, and they might have a, a lower income than the husband. Not mm-hmm. always, but frequently. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do asset protection in those cases, then we might have a situation where we end up with uh, the the uh, woman who's uh, been the caregiver spouse. If the husband passes away, she will lose her Social Security, if it's lower, go up to his, and maybe spend half their assets on the cost of care. It's really important in those cases that we make sure that we have taken care of that at-home spouse, whether it's the husband or wife, and done so in such a way that if the spouse who needs care passes away, the other spouse doesn't have to move out of the neighborhood. They still have bills. I mean, they, they still have taxes and upkeep and utilities and, and everything, all the costs. Absolutely. And so we want to make sure that we have protected as much as we can so that they uh, won't won't go broke taking care of, of their loved one. All right. And we have about a minute and a half. Let's talk about some penalties. So uh, Medicaid uh, went from a three-year look back to a five-year look back. And what are they looking for yeah, that so, would cause a penalty? Yeah. It, it, how about a two-hour uh, question in about a minute and 15 seconds, right? <laughs> I think I can do that. <laughs> so when you spend down, when you are paying down for the cost of care, and let's go to the single person in this instance, uh, in Kansas, you have to spend down to 2000 in Missouri, less than a thousand. And when you get down to that level, the state will ask, did you give any money away ah. in the last five years? Mm-hmm. And if you have, then the penalties, uh, could be severe and could be lengthy. And the state's going to ask, what did you give away in the last five years? It's important that you get good advice to make sure that you don't cause very long periods of ineligibility where your loved one won't qualify in spite of your best efforts. And so that, that look back period and they're looking for uh, gifts. And if I tithed to my church, that's okay. But if I wrote a $10,000 check for the new sanctuary edition, that's a gift. Maybe it, uh, it depends. Steve, it, uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah. That, this is where you want to get real good advice. Yeah. And, and you'd better talk to, <laughs> to someone who knows who's been through the minefield. Uh, this is a minefield. Bill Hammond, president of senior care consulting, <laughs> senior care consulting. I, I looked at my business card here. President of KC Elder Law. More with Bill Hammond right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime, 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget to check out a whole listing. I, I think, Bill, you have these uh, free educational events almost on a weekly basis. We we do, Steve. We're all over the uh, 
uh, metro area. And, and one of the things, it's my belief that, uh, you know, if we can educate people, then they'll really have a better understanding not only of how the laws work and the types of things that they can be doing, but that will also allow them to really be prepared for pretty much whatever comes along. So we do lots of educational uh, events all over the city, and if they go to kcelderlaw.com, they can get a good listing and find out when we're going to be in their area. All right, and under resources, and then uh, check out the workshops, and there's a whole listing. And I, I, I checked out the website before I yep. came over, and so they're just all right there. You can even sign up online. You don't even have to make a phone call. Absolutely. All right, so check. The, one, the wonders of the Internet. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, be sure to check out the free educational events from KC Elder Law. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. This is a consumer alert. Consumer alert. All right, this is a uh, this is a a huge one because this is this is a sleeper. <laughs> so, Bill, let's talk about. We were talking about the uh, the the penalties, the Medicaid penalties, and you have a lot of folks out there very well intentioned, taking care of their their loved ones, and they may be receiving some compensation for that because maybe I had to quit my job, and so it's very well intentioned, but. There's something called a care contract, and I was wondering if you could explain that and then explain why it's really, really, really important to have one. Absolutely. <laughs> Happy to, Steve. So basically, uh, to fully understand this, we need to go back to what we talked about in the last segment real briefly, and that is that if you give money away, you are creating Medicaid penalties if you ever have to go through a spend down and qualify your loved one for Medicaid. And in round numbers, the state basically says the cost of nursing care is about $5,000 per month. That's their number. And so for every $5,000 that you give away, you're not going to be eligible for Medicaid for a month. So what people do is through good intentions, they often pay family members or neighbors or someone to care for them at home, and they do it without having any care contract in place. The state looks at that and says, if you're paying someone to care for you, if this person is not working through an agency, the state says those payments are actually gifts. Oh, ouch. And think about (laughs) how that could add up over a five-year period. Mm -hmm. Really important, Steve, to make sure that we have a care contract in place if we're paying someone that doesn't work through an agency. And beyond that, you also might... Uh, imagine the uh, issues that we would have from a workers' compensation perspective. You now have a, uh, you know, someone who's caring for you. You're not paying workers' comp on them. You're not paying Social Security. There are tax issues, all kinds of things. All the employer-based uh, taxes. That's exactly right, all yeah. that nanny tax stuff. So yeah. <laughs> really important that you get really good legal advice here because I have seen situations mm. where uh, over the course of a long period of time, People have paid a loved one to care for them, and now they've got horrendous penalties that they've got to deal with. It becomes a real problem. And they were not trying to uh, pull a fast one or do anything. where did this come from? This had to come from some abuse, like maybe a long time ago when someone said, well, I'll pay my kid 100 bucks an hour as a way to kind of shift some assets. I, something must have happened because I think this care contract thing is a little bit silly if, if it's well-intentioned. Well, and I think, Steve, that, that um, who knows you know, where it came from. I yeah. will tell you that the law is pretty clear, and this is one of those things that flies under radar. Yeah. And it's one of those things that when people come into my office, 
and they tell us, you know, what they've been doing, and I explain the law. Uh, I one time had one of my clients say to me, uh, his situation was uh, his daughter had, had lost her job. He was, uh, she was caring for him. He was paying her to care for him. And then he realized after he spoke to me that it was creating this great big problems. Mm. And I explained this to him, and he said, when did they stop letting families be families? Wow. And I answered, that happened back on February 8, 2006, because mm-hmm. that's when this law came into effect. Wow. All right. So, again, if this landed close to you and, and you are paying uh, a private individual, family, neighbor, friend, et cetera, to, to help provide your care and you do not have a care contract, you are potentially setting yourself up for some major, major issues, and you need to call Bill right away and ask him to uh, ask him for a care contract. And so, just that's the consumer alert. Just be aware of that. But when all, if all else fails, reach out and and call Bill and make sure you understand this very thoroughly. Proceed with caution. This has been a consumer alert brought to you by Senior Care Live. All right, Bill. We've got about three minutes left. I- <laughs> <laughs> this always goes by way too fast. So, uh, all right. So, uh, let me ask you another two hour uh, question here. When should someone consult an elder law attorney? Yeah. And, and Steve, that really, it's a great question. And, and, uh, you know, really, I would put that into a couple of categories. First of all, uh, if you uh, have a loved one who is starting to suffer from, uh, of, uh, either memory loss, or uh, if they're slowing down, uh, they're not quite as mobile as they used to be. And really, when you think about it, Steve, that's kind of you and me and all of us. It's every, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's that's the right. entire society. Yeah. So at some point, it will be important that you talk to an elder care attorney and make sure that, that your documents are in place and that they really provide a whole lot of flexibility. Because here's the one thing that you and I both know for sure, and that is life is unpredictable. And I can sit here and I can say, this is what I think is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then there's the old saying, want to hear laughter? Tell God your plans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So life unfolds as it unfolds. And you want to be uh, be sure that we've got really good uh, documents in place so that we can take care of whatever comes along. And so... uh, so one area, one answer to your question would be if you if you have someone who's starting to uh, uh, suffer from some of those things that happen as we uh, individually and as a society age. But the other thing I would say, Steve, is you know if you want to not only get the appropriate uh, estate planning in place to make sure that your assets go where they're supposed to go when you pass away, but also that you get the appropriate elder care planning in place. And by that I mean. Once again, we want to not only ask and answer that question, what happens when I die? We also want to ask and answer, what if I don't die but become sick along the way? Mm -hmm. And that's where an elder law attorney is going to be uniquely qualified to help you through what I call that elder care journey. All right. And Bill, I've, I've enjoyed over, um, gosh, 14th anniversary of senior care consulting, uh, last month. 
So uh, it's just amazing. And I remember the day I met you, we were down at KCPT and Thou Shalt Honor. We were on the expert that's panel, right. and they asked him some questions. And you're like, now, what do you do again? And you're like, that's, that's, that's one of the best ideas I've ever heard. Why don't you stop on by and introduce yourself to our, our firm? So I've enjoyed working with you uh, over all of these years and uh, always enjoy working with you. Well, thank you, Steve. And as you know, we send lots of clients your way. Because, yes, you do. frankly, there is no one around here who does what you do and does it with the grace and and honor and and expertise that you bring to my clients. So uh, I'm so grateful that, that we met that 14 years ago. Excellent, excellent. Bill, thanks so much for being here today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, and to everyone listening, I am so honored you spent part of your day tuning into this program. Thank you very much. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week right here on Senior Care Live. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.